it's never too late to make changes and to create a greater sense of satisfaction and enjoyment in life after work. And I guess acknowledging that you're struggling but willing to take some action is actually an incredible strength. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is the show where we talk about retirement lifestyle. There's tons of shows out there that talk about money, and this isn't one of them. We talk about how to rock your retirement, whether you're about to retire or already retired. And thank you if you've reviewed the show on iTunes. This helps us get the word out to people who haven't heard of us yet. Also, remember, it's fine to tell a friend. (laughs) Today, I'm so excited because we have Megan Giles here, and she is a retirement designer for women. She supports women approaching retirement to successfully transition and create a lifestyle that keeps them connected and relevant and ready for action of their own dream list. And you know, I think she's a kindred spirit. I just love it when I find people who are helping people with their retirement lifestyle. And that's what Megan does. She also says that recognizing that as a woman, we rarely take the time to invest in our own number one asset, which is ourselves. She offers structured, action-focused, one-on-one coaching that is tailored to each individual's circumstance. Through practical tips and resources, thought-provoking questions, and being that independent sounding board, Megan enables women to take steps right away and not wait until retirement to establish a lifestyle that is fulfilling, meaningful to them and lights them up each and every day. Megan, welcome to the show. Lovely. Thank you, Kathy. It's an absolute pleasure to be a guest on Rock Your Retirement and especially to be speaking to you from sunny Queensland in Australia. I know, and it's sunny San Diego where I am. (laughs) (laughs) You know, by the time this airs, I will have done my cruise to New Zealand. And so we're flying into Australia and then we're cruising New Zealand on Celebrity and then we'll be back. By the time this airs, that cruise will be done. So I'm using you as a way for me to be able to understand that really cute accent that you have. (laughs) Excellent. We've got a little bit of time to practice. And if I do say fantastic destinations you've chosen there, love our neighbors, New Zealand as well. Yes. I'm just sad that my husband wouldn't let me stay longer in Australia. I wanted to stay a week there and he said no. (laughs) Oh, that's a reason for another trip. Exactly. That's what I figured. See, I like you already. (laughs) Now, tell me about retirement designer, because there's not that many people that do what you do. So tell my listeners what exactly a retirement designer does. What I do is I support women to successfully transition into retirement. And I think what I loved is when I first came across your podcast, Rock Your Retirement, was that it is very much aligned with what I do in that what I focus on is the non-financial aspects of retirement. Without a doubt, good, robust financial planning is critical to a successful retirement in terms of giving you flexibility and options. But what we also need to do is look at the whole picture, the whole person, in that what really enables quality of life and people to feel that they are having a meaningful impact on the people around them is looking at all those non-financial components. So that is things like how you connect to people, how emotionally supported you are, do you feel that you have a purpose that you're continuing to learn as you age as well. And there are things that often don't get touched on by retirement planning. I think it's a really nice compliment 
What made you decide to do this? This isn't something that usually people wake up and say, hmm, I want to talk about retirement lifestyle. What gave you the idea? In terms of my background, one, my background is organizational psychology. So I've spent a lot of time with a management consulting firm and working with organizations. So looking at things like workforce planning, team and individual development and change management. So that's looking at what is the the personal journey of people through their careers and through their works. And the other thing that I've done is spend a lot of time in healthcare. And so healthcare is one of those industries which is predominantly female and it's one that's aging. To me, what I've seen firsthand is that there are a lot of challenges that women experience transitioning into retirement. Some are terrified of the unknown, that they don't want to let go of work, what they hold dear and what they're recognized for and what gives them meaning. So they might continue working even though they've lost a passion for the role. What I've also seen on the other end is that you've got, it's not only women, but it's men as well, but women who are, you know, they're miserable, they're counting down the days until they retire. And for me, I'm sitting here and thinking, look, you know, if you're miserable right now, taking work out of the equation, unfortunately, isn't going to suddenly make you happy, or at least not without taking some action and getting really clear on what it is that you enjoy and brings you meaning from there. And what I also appreciate and why I focus with women and looking at that tail end of your career, which is what I see as retirement being, it's another stage in career, is that for baby boom and women, they are the first generation as a whole, to be experiencing directly rather than indirectly through their husband. For many, it is uncharted territory in terms of what should my retirement look like? What am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be filling my days? What I see there looking at this generation coming through is they don't necessarily have the role models of their mothers and their grandmothers to look at and think, well, how do they navigate that transition? So that's what I want to get in there and do. And I guess the other thing that I hear is when I speak to many of the women that I work with, Their big fear is getting old before their time. So what it might be is that they've seen their parents or a neighbour getting old before their time. They might sit in front of the TV. They rarely leave the house. And they allow their world to get smaller and smaller. And the women that I speak with, they're adamant that that won't be them. But they're not always certain what to do about that. And I guess particularly because these are women, they've left the workforce at the top of their game. They're well recognised for the contribution they make. They're depended upon by many. And so what is there? What happens after that? What fills that gap? They've got a whole heap of skills. They've got actions. They've got motivation. And I guess how do we focus and channel that as well? So they're living out their goals. They're feeling fulfilled, ready to get out of bed and do something meaningful each day as well. So how do you do that? Let's pretend I'm a high-powered executive. And I come to you and I say, Megan, I'm not really sure. I don't know if it'll work out for you and I working together, but I just know that I need to do something. What would you say to me? Let's give me a mini coaching session. Absolutely. So what I tend to do is first we talk a little bit about work. So understanding at work, what is it that drives them? Is it about being recognized for your expertise? Is it about developing others? Is it being involved in negotiations, being at the forefront of innovation and things like that? Also looking at what is it that they don't enjoy and what do they look forward to never having to do again? Because there are stuff, you know, like, God, another board report I have to do. Exactly. (laughs) Another difficult conversation with one of my staff members that just doesn't want to be there. So we get sort of clear on that and understand, look, what do they love doing? What do they not want to do? And then look at, well, how do we translate that into the stuff that's going to be important that you do need to maintain if it is about connection? So, for example, I've had one woman and for her, it was what she loved was 
seeing more junior staff coming up, watching their career flourish and how she could mentor them. So we spent some time going, well, how can you do that when you actually step away from the workforce? Well, I guess the question was first, did she want to fully retire or is it more so looking, can she move more into an advisory role, getting more involved in, for example, a non-for-profit and seeing how she can share her expertise there as well, a non-for-profit mentoring organisation, for example. The other thing we might do, particularly when you look at when I work with women who are professional, and by that I mean people that their career is an important part of who they are, that that is a lot of their waking hours, spending some time to actually step back and go, right, what is it outside of work that you enjoy as well? And some of them, they might say, oh, goodness, I haven't stopped to think about that for 10 or 15 years. If it hasn't been my career, it's been looking after the kids, raising the kids, making sure they're okay, often supporting an ageing parent as well. So giving them permission to actually step back and say, well, what do you really enjoy? What is it you love doing? What is it maybe that you'd like to do? What's the stuff that you used to enjoy doing that you don't really have time for now? Who do you like doing those things with? And start to form up and reinvigorate, I guess, their interests and their goals as well. And then start thinking about, right, well, how do we start bringing those to action? So you've got a plan from day one in retirement. You're not stepping into nothing. You've got some immediate actions and goals that you want to be taking as well. Have you ever had a client who couldn't come up with anything that she liked to do because it'd been so long she'd forgotten? A little bit. And I have had, I'm just thinking of one lady that I spoke with and couldn't really think what it was at all. And the, the example there being that she'd had some sort of smaller jobs and bits and pieces. And as she sort of described it, she'd been retired for about a year or so, a couple of sort of six month blocks of things like giving herself permission to do nothing, to travel for six months. And then there's some time with the grandchildren and sort of done some small business stuff. It was a lot of talking through where she was at and then just understanding a little bit more about what she was doing at the time. And actually, we realized for her that she needed to have a mixture of different things to fill up her day and feel fulfilled. So for her, it was about getting fit. So that was a big thing, part of wellness. When she started getting to that, getting more fit, then some goals started coming out with that. She's like, you know what I forgot? Hiking is what I really love to do. And I've got that stamina now. So then she was able to start training for that. The other thing recognized for her, which was really nice, was how she could better engage with the local community as well. So she felt she had the time and she spent some time focusing on herself, could then reach out and started doing things like Meals on Wheels to fill part of her time. But that wasn't everything. She had a number of different mini projects, as we called it, to fill her weeks and her months. That's great. I love it because I do hear from people, well, I don't even know what I like to do. It's been so long. I have no idea. And the other interesting thing is you talk to some people and think, I need to have that one thing in retirement. But the other thing is if you're retiring at 60, 65-ish, potentially when you look at the life expectancy now, you've got 20 or 30 years ahead of you. So what I say is also you'll have the opportunity, just as you probably have in your career over the last 30, 40 years, your path is going to deviate. You're going to change. Don't feel you're locked in this forever. Have a focus for now. We can come back and revisit or you can come back and revisit in you know, in a few years' time, in a few months, whenever it is. There's no right or wrong. The beauty is your retirement and you're writing your story. Right, exactly. Is it very similar dealing with people's retirements in Australia as it is in the US? I know that a lot of the business coaches that I am familiar with are from Australia. So I don't know if Australia has that same go, 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 go mentality that the US has or is it more laid back? 
If we look at the transition to retirement, I think that is one of the tricky things for so many people that stepping out of the workforce where there is the drive, particularly I think in the current economic climate where it is about businesses making sure that they are sustainable, it's delivering more with less than what you've got. So it's that kind of you're on your go, you need to perform all the time. Part of that transition to retirement is getting comfortable with that slower pace of time, but it's okay to take time. You don't have to have every moment filled. Getting comfortable with just being yourself in that time as well, having enough things to do each day, but not being jam-packed. And it is that change of pace and suddenly going, it's okay to have the silence. It's okay not to have a full plan for the day. I give myself permission to spend a couple of hours this morning curled up on the couch and reading the book and not doing anything else to switch off the mobile phone as well. Oh, that's horrible. Who can switch off the mobile phone? (laughs) You mean there's no Facebook? No dinging in your ears? Exactly. Imagine that. No Snapchat, no LinkedIn. Exactly. (laughs) No texts. It's amazing. I'm 51 and a lot of my friends are in their 60s and 70s and they're all texting me. And Megan, I don't text. I'm terrible when it comes to texting. What happens is I'll be in a meeting I'll see the text. I'll look down. I'll see it. I think, oh, I've got to take care of that later. And then it disappears forever and I can't find it. I don't know where to find these texts. People get mad at me because I'm not answering their texts. And I'm like, just send me an email. It doesn't disappear. You know, the email I know how to find. I don't know where the text is. Exactly. Or even I do a similar thing and I forget to text back. And then my first comment when I then usually I'll give them a call and I'll say, I know I didn't respond to your text a while ago, but I've been thinking about you. I might not be in touch, but you're often in my thoughts. Loved your news. Thanks for the update. Let's chat now. Let's get back on top of it. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know why everybody likes texting more than I do. I don't know. It's the new thing and it doesn't matter your age. Like I said, my 70-year-old friends are texting me. I'm like, I don't know what to do with these texts. With technology, and I know that particularly for people of that age where they're retiring, is it can be a little bit daunting. You know, there are all these things you hear people talk about WhatsApp and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, and kind of go, oh my goodness, what is all of this? And what I always encourage people to do is use this as an opportunity, connect with your kids or your grandkids, find out what it's about. Like, even if you never Snapchat, even if you only ever have one follower or you follow one person on Twitter, Get in there and explore it because then at least you know what people are talking about and you can be part of the conversation. It's not this big enigma or this big sort of black hole of the online world that you don't know what's going on there. Any interest under the sun, there's always there's a forum, there's a chat room, there's a group for anything. And I love the fact that no matter what it is, jump online and you can find someone that shares an interest with you and you connect with people from all over the world that otherwise you wouldn't have the opportunity to interact with. That's true. So speaking of connecting with people all over the world, I do have listeners from all over that listen to the show. Number one, how would somebody know that they would need a retirement coach? And number two, how would they find a retirement coach? I mean, obviously, we're going to give out your contact information, but how does one go about that? When I talk to people, I say, look, I support women to transition into retirement. I focus on the non-financial aspects. A lot of people go, oh, that's interesting. You know, I didn't know that existed or there are people like you out there. And I say, well, you know, there are and there are other things, you know, that I'm not the only one doing it. There are people like Kathy from Rocky Retirement. It is a growing area there. So it's not necessarily something that people, I guess, will kind of organically search for. 
And what's the really interesting thing is for me that when clients do approach me, so a lot of it is it's word of mouth. Some of the things that I do is I actually connect and I just offer some services through organisations, so government departments and larger companies, so they provide that point of connection there. But the other thing what I find is that quite often it's the daughter or son of someone who's approaching retirement or it's just retired. And they'll come to me because what they can see is that their mum's struggling to navigate retirement. They appear to be a little bit of a loss. So often we'll have a chat and then they'll broach the suggestion for me working with their mother as well. It can come from in different ways, but usually word of mouth is the biggest thing or someone actually, so another organisation as part of their workforce engagement or employee support strategies, putting this out there and enabling people to contact me that way. Okay. And then what about financial advisors? Do you work with them at all or are they opposite of what you do? They're not the opposite. And what I see is them with financial planners being, it's complementary too. And the first thing that I'll always say with anybody that approaches me, I'll the first question I'll ask is, have you spoken to a financial planner recently? And because that is the big thing, knowledge is power and understanding what your financial situation is, is important. It gives you the options. I don't for a moment, one, I'm not qualified. I don't profess to be the expert in knowing when the right time is to, for example, downsize your home, what to do with your assets, when to access what we call superannuation over here. So I always say, before you work with me, go and meet with a financial planner and understand that. But what I do is I connect with a number of financial planners here, particularly in the Queensland area or in Australia, and let them know, look, if you're working with people, your focus is on their looking at their numbers, looking at their assets. If you can see either individuals or couples that are struggling, they're feeling quite uncomfortable about stepping into retirement, encourage them to check out my website and they can sign up for my newsletter and get in touch and get regular updates, get tips and advice on the non-financial aspects from there. And then when the timing is right, by all means, reach out to me and we can look at how we can sort of port them through some one-on-one coaching. Okay, great. Well, on that note, we are going to take a short break and we will be back with Megan Giles from MeganGiles.com right after this break. How do you downsize your house when your kids are using it as a storage facility? Hi, I'm Lisa Woodruff, and I'm a professional organizer and productivity expert. So let's answer the question, how do you downsize your house when your kids are using it as a storage facility? Number one, sort the memorabilia and other childhood treasures into each child's bedroom and out of the common living and storage areas of the home. And then number two, the next time the kids visit, see what they can and want to take with them. Then number three, when you are ready to downsize, actually move those items into a real storage facility. If you want, you can pay for that for a year or two as a gift for your kids, and then they can decide what they want to do with their own stuff. Check out the Organize 365 podcast for more on how to get organized as you rock your retirement. Hi, this is Melissa Davey from the Beyond 60 Project, and you're listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. And we're back from the break, and I'm here with Megan Giles from MeganGiles.com. That is G-I-L-E-S, and we are talking about her program, which is a retirement designer for women. So Megan, welcome back. 
Thank you. So right before we left for the break, we were talking about your relationship with financial advisors. Do you ever have a financial advisor tell their clients that they should talk with you or is it usually the other way around where you're sending people to a financial advisor before you work with them? Probably more commonly it is that I'll be sending people to financial planners to make sure that they've got that part of their retirement plan in, under control. The main reason for that is that given that I work primarily via Skype or via telephone, so the lovely thing is that I'm not limited to physical location here on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. I don't have, I guess, a comprehensive list of financial planners to draw in from. And the big thing I also find is that what's really important is to be working with a financial planner, someone you trust. So often that comes from one of my clients actually speaking with someone getting a sense of who they are, how they work, and then for them deciding who that person is that they want to work with as well. That's great. Let's say I contracted with you to work with me on my retirement lifestyle. Do I need to spend an hour a week, two hours a week, an hour a month? How much time should I expect to spend? How I usually kick off is that we'll do a one-hour session and I don't have a hard and fast structure for how I do these sessions. What I want to do is be guided by the individual, by the client that I work with. So things that we might cover might be a key concern or a fear that they hold about life after work. So it might be something they're pushing to the back of their mind in terms of what's their purpose going to be, how am I going to fill my days, I don't know how my husband and I are going to get along when we've got all this time together. What they want to get out of this next stage of life and then creating some key actions that they can take right then. So for people that haven't yet retired, not waiting until day one of retirement, what can they start doing right now? So if it is, for example, that they are really ensconced in their role at the moment, starting to think about doing some things outside of work. So taking up a new hobby, spending more time with family and friends. So they've got something to transition them from there. What I do find typically is that more commonly I'll work with women for say a block of four sessions and that will be like four one-hour sessions, usually spaced each session out by a couple of weeks because what I will do is set just a small amount of homework between sessions in terms of trying this, giving this a go, having this conversation to then come back together. We can work through, well, how did that go? What do we need to try differently as well? So an example that would be is a brilliant woman that I worked with a couple of months ago and for her was really keen to get into art but wasn't really sure how to go about that. So some of her action was to find out who provides art classes in the area around you, go and find out a little bit about them, what kind of tools and resources will you need and also for her looking at what's available online as well because it wasn't particularly mobile. So are there, had a look at well, who are the art teachers online as well, so what can you do via YouTube? And then we came back and looked at, well, how did that go? Had you started? What do we think about differently after that as well? That's awesome. Now, in Australia, do they have like junior colleges that anybody can take an art class? Or do you have to go to a professional artist who might charge? I mean, here in California, we have community colleges, junior colleges, and it's very inexpensive, like $26, $30, $40 a unit, something like that. Do they have that there? Yeah, so we have similar things. We've got things like the University for the Third Age that offer all different types of services. But what's great here and what I'm certainly learning more about is that a lot of our local councils offer cheap or really affordable 
activities as well and that some of them they might be for example in the art space but there's actually I was having a look at one of them recently and they offer great classes like a program of yoga lattes which is a combination of yoga and pilates orienteering tai chi you name it they offer some great activities and services there so one you can develop a new skill explore a new interest but also connect with other like-minded people as well which I think is the other really important thing in retirement I love it As a percentage, are you seeing more women that are single or more women that are married? It's a combination. I would say at the moment, probably what I'd see is more women who are married. And one of their challenges is how they and their husbands sort of come together in retirement. And for the last 30 to 40 years, you spent the majority of your waking hours at work with colleagues coming together at the end of the day. It is then, well, how do we work out how we come together when we've got more of our time together? What can be overwhelming is for people when they step, this is certainly what I hear and the experience that my clients share with me, is that without a clear plan of what you want to be doing and not knowing, I guess, what it's important for you to do independently as your own person, what's important to be doing together. If you're spending all of your time together, it can be a little bit overwhelming. You feel like you're living out of each other's pockets. And the comment I hear is, God, I'm going back to work because I cannot stand being at home <laughs> with my husband any longer than what I am. And it's not because either of them necessarily changed, but it's just they haven't worked out how they come together and how they interact. Suddenly it can be, for example, if the husband's worked and the wife has retired earlier. Things that when they both retire, they still keep doing things like the wife might make the lunch every day. They still do more of the household duty. So one of my biggest tips is for couples when they both retire is revisit the household responsibilities. You don't want one person feeling overly burdened by that. Is it just because one retired earlier than the other that they've typically done all the stuff like take out the rubbish, do the washing up, do the cooking and the cleaning? How can you share that now that you've both got more time available. That is a great tip. Thank you so much for that. So many people, they keep doing things the way they've been doing them and they don't think about whether or not it's still appropriate based on their current lifestyle. Or we don't stop and think. And for the most part, everything that we do as we go about our lives, whether we are retired or not, but we do things with good intent. We don't actually set out to aggravate or annoy other people. And, you know, until you actually have the conversation and say, hey, I feel like I'm doing all this stuff. It'd be awesome if you could start, if you could make your lunch when you're home by yourself kind of thing. We haven't stopped to think, oh God, I don't make my lunch. Is my wife doing that? We just go, oh, that's all I've always done. Lunch will be ready when I'm ready kind of thing. (laughs) In my house, I do most of the cooking, but in exchange for that, my husband has to clean up all the dishes and everything after we're done. He gets really annoyed because he says that I use way too many dishes when I'm cooking. (laughs) So I'm the type of person that if I take a taste of the food, I put that spoon in the sink. I don't reuse it after I've tasted. (laughs) I consider it to be like double dipping, even though it's just my husband and myself. And so when I'm done cooking, there's like 15 spoons in the sink. (laughs) If I could see my kitchen from here, mine would look similar. I'm actually exactly the same. Yeah. I figure if I do the cooking, he better do the cleaning. Now I'm going to be in big trouble if he wants to switch. (laughs) Because <laughs> I don't want to do the cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's always the thing. That's what my husband and I say. We say it's about equity, not equality. So we don't both have to do everything. We don't have to both cook. We don't both have to clean up. But we just need to make sure there's balance and we're both sort of using the same amount of effort around the house. Absolutely. Or I don't like taking out the trash. It doesn't bother my husband. So he takes it out. Whoever doesn't mind it more. <laughs> <laughs> So you gave us a great tip. Any more tips for my listeners? There's this really great quote from a fellow Harry Emerson Fosdick. And what it is, is 
don't simply retire from something, have something to retire to. And when we do take control and we proactively plan for life in retirement, we tend to feel more fulfilled, engaged and content. The tip of what I encourage your listeners to do is to take time to reflect on what's going to be important to you and retire and do that before you retire. So don't wait until day one. And the other big thing is talk to your significant other. So be that your spouse or your partner. Talk to them about what you want your retirement to look like. Because one of the other challenges that I hear that can come up with women stepping into retirement is they've got this great idea of what they want to do in retirement. Their husband has an idea, but they find that they are at odds. And that's where you can get, I guess, a bit of frustration or some tension in in your relationship as well. My advice and my suggestion would be to have the conversation early on and work out are our plans aligned? Are they not? What do we need to think about doing a little bit differently to make sure we're both going to be happy, we're both going to be content, and we're both going to be looking forward to each day as we get up as we step into retirement? Excellent advice. Thank you for that. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about is the freebie that you're giving to the Rocky Retirement listener, and that is your staying relevant and connected in life after work planning sheet. So tell me about that. What is that? Beautiful. So that ties in nicely, thank you, with that advice there of taking the time before you retire to think about what you want your retirement to look like. So what it is, it's a staying relevant connected in life after work planning sheet. It's a sheet to work through as a means of getting some clarity and insight into what's important to you and exploring the different ways that you can engage with the people and the world around you as you transition into retirement. When I say start thinking about the non-financial components of your retirement and people go, what is that? I don't even know where to start. (laughs) So I've gone, right, I'll create this sheet. And there's some questions to get you thinking about this because what I want is for all of us stepping into retirement is to make sure we're getting the most out of this time. As I mentioned, it's 20, 30 years that we've got ahead of us and we want that lifestyle that's fulfilling, that's meaningful and it lights us up each day. And so with this sheet, what it is, there are two sections in it. The first part is being reflective, focusing you in the workplace and then you more broadly outside of work, and then followed by some ways that you might like to connect with others and make a meaningful contribution to the people around you. From that, then pose a couple more questions to get you thinking about a small number of actions that you can take to interact with and start connecting with the people around you right now. And they don't have to be huge things. They're not this suddenly change the way you go about your life. It's not meant to be overwhelming, just small manageable steps you can take right now to start preparing yourself for a successful retirement. And I guess with that, to add with that sheet there, for your listeners, it talks about people as they before retirement stepping into it. If you have already retired, don't think it's too late for me. Equally, I'd encourage you to download this resource also. It's never too late to make changes and to create a greater sense of satisfaction and enjoyment in life after work. And I guess acknowledging that you're struggling but willing to take some action is actually an incredible strength. And for anyone recognizing that and doing something about that, I really commend you for being brave and doing that. Hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you created that. And listeners, you can get that at rockyourretirement.com forward slash relevant. R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T. It's really cool because that's not the only freebie that she has. You can actually go to her website and she's got these little webinars. She's got little videos. You have a lot of free information on your site, don't you, Megan? Absolutely. So 
the big thing that I do is I offer one-on-one support. But the other thing that's really important to me is being able to provide free, practical and easily accessible resources. So I do have, if you go to meganjiles.com forward slash freebies, I've got a page with a whole other heap of things that listeners can watch and download to help them successfully transition to retirement as well. Yeah, that's really cool that you have that. You don't see that very often. So I love that you've done that for people. You know, a lot of people, they're not maybe ready to work with a coach, but they just need a little bit to think about. And I love the fact that you give all that value that you give for free on your website. It can be a challenging transition there. People don't need necessarily exactly a whole heap of support, but just something to get them thinking or just to give them that greater sense of comfort and knowing, hey, I'm not the only one in this space here. I can get through and here's some tips and resources, things I might just try out in my own time. Right. Now, what if one of my listeners that are here in the U.S. want to work with you? Do you work with people? You know, you're in Australia, they're in the U.S. Who's going to have to get up in the middle of the night? Does that work or do you pretty much stick with people in your own time zone? No, absolutely. I work with people from around the world, including I've got some clients in the U.K. and in Europe. The time difference can sometimes make it a little bit tricky, but even as we've found we're talking today, it's it's not so bad. And the U.S. is actually a great one. The time difference is quite large, so mornings and evenings work quite well. Primarily, I do work via Skype and by telephone, so not limited by physical location there. I would absolutely love it if you've got any listeners that are interested. Encourage them to contact me through my contact page on my website there. And what we might like to do in the first instance is just to have a chat through to understand what I can offer them, understand a bit more about their circumstances, and we can go forward from there. Okay, great. So how can people contact you? The best way I would say is my email address, which is megan, M-E-G-A-N, at megangiles.com. I also have a contact page, which is megangiles.com forward slash contact. I do have a telephone number to contact me on, but knowing that a lot of your listeners tune in from around the world, probably won't give that out. Um, Email's the most economical option as well. That's fine. My clients usually email me anyway, so and I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, you have been a delight. Thank you so much for giving those tips and for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And for my listeners, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Here's one by One Share Bear titled VA Benefits and More. One Share Bear writes, Heard about this podcast from a friend and gained some valuable insight for ways to help my dad, a veteran, after his stroke. I would definitely recommend the podcast. There's a topic that applies to just about everyone, and it's never too early to start planning ahead regardless of age. Thanks, One Share Bear. I really appreciate that. Wasn't that fun? I'd love for you to leave a review too. And if you don't know how, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash review, and that'll take you to a free video tutorial that shows you how. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. 
If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. 
just go to rockyourretirement.com support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.